Well, hey guys, it's new puppy time. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, I've started this process actually last year. And it is now April of 2022. And I still do not have a pup. So there's been some ins and outs and ups and downs. And uh, along with all the usual decision making, I am, we'll talk about all that. Um, so I do not have the pup yet. I thought I did. Um, the litter was born April 2nd and I was unable to, uh, well, they only had two puppies and uh, both of them were orange. Um, and I want to, I, I want a liver pup. So, you know, that was unfortunate. I, this was just a wonderful breeding by a wonderful woman that knows what she's doing. And, um, you know, a friend of mine uh, lives up in uh, North Dakota, and I just, I was actually going to drive up there to get this puppy <laughs> at five bucks a gallon for diesel. <laughs> so, you know, that's how much I wanted it, but I, I that didn't work out. But we're gonna talk about all that kind of stuff. It's nerve wracking and it's, um, it just makes me nervous uh, because you just, if a puppy's a puppy. You don't know what you're gonna get. Um, but there's a way you can help yourself out and increase your odds. And we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to take a little break here and we'll come right back. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, if you get a chance, go ahead to my landing page, my blog, abirdhunterstoughts.com. Abirdhunterstoughts.com, all those plural. And when you get there, then down the right-hand side of the page, you can find links to uh, my YouTube page, uh, where I've got videos of my last year's hunting, and uh, links to my books, um, and through that, uh, links to the Kindle, the paperback, and also the Audible book versions. Um, there's links to this podcast, and uh, when you go there, you can actually go to click that link on support and you can go there. And if you want to, you can help support this, this podcast and this whole industry thing that I got going here that keeps growing. But, uh, anyway, I do have people that do that and I appreciate them very much. And if you would like to do that, that would, I would appreciate that too. So also, uh, let me tell you a little bit about my sponsors. They're great guys. Uh, Dr. Tim of, uh, drtims.com, D-R-T-I-M-S.com. Uh, is the uh, dog food that I feed. He's a, actually, he's a dog musher. He's a sled dog racer. Uh, his practice up in Marquette, Michigan, which I found uh, when I was up there hunting in the UP, in the UP of Michigan. It's just about as far north as you can get. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, but he is a great guy. I've done a, done a podcast with him that you can go back and listen to, and uh, I want to do a follow-up, too, on on that. But Dr. Tim's uh, wonderful food. He started his food by uh, doing making his own food to feed his sled dogs, and that translates very well into uh, bird dogs as well. So I feed Pursuit, Dr. Tim's Pursuit. He's got actually a couple more, Kinesis uh, and Momentum or something, I don't know, above that, but... You can go on his website and take a look at it. In fact, click the link on my uh, 
blog on my landing page there, and I think you get 25% off your order. So that'd be a good way to get introduced to that dog food. And then my other sponsor is ESPAmerica.com, uh, Electronic Shooters Protection, America.com. And they make uh, form-fit ear attenuators that protect your ears. Um, and they are designed to be comfortable, which they really are. It won't fall out and protect your ears. They, they didn't uh, blank out anything over 90 decibels. Anything above that starts damaging your auditory nerve, and that's something that doesn't grow back. Trust me on this one. I'm pretty well deaf in my right side now, and my left side is, is uh, I, well, maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know, but anyway, it's, it's going away too. And I think it's because of... Uh, you know, being around jet airplanes and then also shooting all these years without protection. So, you know, don't be a dummy. Go ahead and protect your ears some way. But uh, look up uh, ESPAmerica.com and uh, give those guys a shot at it. Ah, no pun intended. But anyway, let's go back to picking out a puppy. So back in the 90s, a guy by the name of Stephen Covey uh, wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I really liked that book. One of the things that he, he mentioned in there was uh, uh, always begin with the end in mind. And so that's what I do. I always uh, begin with the end in mind. I'm beginning this puppy search. I know what I want. I want a liver female of uh, kind of uh, with uh, genetics that are... Uh, set aside from what I have right now so that when I breed her to uh, two and two or three years down the road that I can get a really good outcross and have a really good solid uh, basis and groundwork for more breeding later on down the road. So I know what I want and uh, my search for that uh, started last year. Um, it came about that I had no females left. Uh, Pearl, my uh, little female that I was going to Breed to um, actually had an emergency spay in Montana, and because uh, she got pyometra, and which is a deadly disease, a deadly, uh, yeah, a, a deadly condition that uh, is uh, manifest normally in uh, un, uh, unspayed, not unspayed females about three or four years old. Um, so, and it happened to her, and I took her into the vet. She had a little discharge, and. Um, he diagnosed pyometra up there in Conrad, uh, Montana at the vet. And I called my vet and my vet said, Randy, we got a saying in vet school, never let the sun set on pyometra, <laughs> which means surgery now because it can kill your dog. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, I did that. We had her spayed up. We had her spayed right there and I, I assisted and uh, it was actually pretty cool. But uh, the fact that you're spaying your dog. Uh, but yeah, they had these great big old pus sacks, man. I'm telling you, if one of those had ruptured, she'd died. And, uh, so we caught her and, uh, saved her, but, uh, she couldn't have a, she couldn't have a, a litter after that. So, and Ruby, uh, was, uh, 12 years old now. So she's too old. Uh, I had her spayed because, you know, she, after three big litters, um, you know, 30, 30 puppies, um, that's, it takes a toll on a dog and she's a heck of a bird dog. And I just wanted her to live out her days bird hunting. So uh, I ended up having to find a, uh, another 
female to breed, and, and uh, it was a good time to just go on outside, outside my bloodline. So I started searching for people that I know uh, are, A, responsible breeders, and uh, B, breed uh, gun dogs. And by gun dog, I mean uh, trial dogs or uh, hunting dogs. Um, they don't necessarily have to be one or the other. Uh, one of the reasons I like Nastra field trials is because to be successful at that, you have to have the ability to do everything you do when you're bird hunting. Uh, that doesn't mean that every Nastra dog is going to be a great bird hunter, and it does not mean that every bird hunter is going to be a great Nastra dog, but that's a good place to get an idea and to start. Uh, so uh, I go ahead and, uh, you know, I started looking around, calling around to friends I know in Nastra and and people, and, uh, you know, I, did, I wanted to get outside my little area here where I'm kind of insulated in uh, people I know. And uh, so I ended up finding a litter in North Dakota, of all places. And uh, the lady there is a friend of mine, and she is a wonderful breeder, very conscientious. Uh, and I know that uh, any pup I get from her would be uh, healthy. And uh, if there was a problem with that dog, it'd be of my making. <laughs> so, but uh, she would minimize uh, the possibility of any kind of genetic problems, so uh, and behavioral problems, and so on and so on. So, um, I got on the list, and uh, she was kind enough to basically give me first pick um, of the females. And uh, it was an AI breeding, artificial insemination. And not fresh AI, you know, where they collect from the male and immediately put it in the female. Uh, no, it was frozen, uh, frozen semen. So that entailed uh, just a micro operation to have the uh, have the semen inserted into the female. So a lot of times, those that AI is, is successful. In fact, probably most of the time. Uh, and you can almost count on it being successful. The problem is I've heard of a lot of times they're just really small litters. And the last time that she did this, she had, uh, I think, six pups. Uh, so we were kind of hoping for that. And maybe uh, two or three liver females to choose from is what I was hoping. Um, so I uh, called the owner of the stud dog who had, he had uh, frozen semen off the dog uh, who had already died. Uh, I talked to him, and he's a well-known professional trainer in Kansas, uh, and I talked to him, and we've met and uh, corresponded uh, several times over the years, and so I, uh, actually I texted him, and uh, we went back and forth and back and forth, and uh, he convinced me that that's a pretty uh, pretty incredible stud dog, so I was, I was completely happy. Uh, I just got word, though, that the... Uh, the female only delivered two puppies. It was uh, disappointing. Both of them are orange, so I, I couldn't get one. And of course, she's got a list a mile long for both those pups, so I had to back out of that. Um, and so I'm back in the in the hunt. I found another litter, uh, also in North Dakota, <laughs> also by another uh, breeder who is a genetic wizard, um, well known in uh, hunting and uh, nastra circles. Uh, and uh, she's got a couple of, uh, she's got at least one liver female now that uh, <clears throat> if she ever leaves that dog outside, it may disappear because I may take it. She's got an awesome little liver female there that reminded me so much of Pearl. But um, 
she's got a litter coming up, but unfortunately I came into the game late and I don't think I'm going to be able to get a female, a litter female out of that, that litter, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work, but right now that's all I've got. Uh, I'm looking around and um, so, you know, you just, you just have to keep beating the bushes and, uh, you know, there's some other people I can call and I probably will. I'll just I'll start making some phone calls, see if I can find somebody. So how do you pick a puppy once you get there? Uh, my technique is, oh, I don't know if it's unique or not, but uh, the best way, the absolute best way to do this is to hunt over the, the uh, sire and the dam, both, and uh, then you know what you're going to get. Uh, probably with a, a lot better and then you know look at the pedigrees make sure they're they match make sure they got dogs in the background that you want to you want to have in your bloodline and so on and so on and then uh when the litter comes go ahead and pick out one that appeals to you uh that's the best way to do it but you know we don't have that option normally i've never hunted over either one of these dogs i'm going on the reliability of the owners uh, people that have seen them hunt and um just personal interaction with uh, the people that uh, that I value their opinions. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, so in a minute, we're going to talk about uh, what you do when you got about uh, 10, 12, or 10 or 11 squirming little puppies underneath you. How do you pick out the one you want? So we're back. I have always had good luck picking out puppies. Uh, I don't know if my method is better than anybody else's. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But what I normally do is uh, I'll get uh, the females together, for example, if I'm looking for a female. And I will get the little puppies by themselves uh, off to the side and with nobody else around uh, for distraction. And then I'll look for the boldest one in the group. Let's say there's four of them. One of them is going to be bolder than the other ones, and it's going to be pretty obvious if you just watch them for five or ten minutes, you know, just watching them play. Uh, one of them is going to be bolder than the other ones, and uh, maybe there's two of them, and you can't decide. Well, then I go to my uh, second little criteria, and I'll get down on my knees, and I'll start uh, maybe clapping my hands a little bit and calling to them and interacting with them. And uh, one of those two, probably all of them, but one of those two is, is going to come flying over for some play and loving and and if they're socialized, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're just going to come, hey, there's a human, man, I'm this is going to be fun. So they come flying over. So let's say that uh, both of those uh, bold dogs come flying over to you. So now we've uh, we've found uh, boldness. We've found bitability um, and, uh, you know, the ability to them to relate to you as a master. And, uh, you know, it solves a lot of problems later on down the road. And uh, so then let's say both of them do come over to you. They're both biddable. They're both bold. And now what do you do? Well, I go to my third criteria, and that's, uh, hey, are they pretty? <laughs> so I know what kind of coloration I like and what I'm looking for, and uh, I'll just pick the prettiest one of the two. And that narrows it down. Um, you know, if they're both pretty, then I go to my uh, number four criteria. I call my wife over. So here are the two. Pick one. And uh, I'll let her, I'll let her pick one. Uh, she her her eye for pretty is sometimes uh, different than mine, and uh, I got to tell you, she's a lot better at it than I am. So uh, that's my fourth criteria: get somebody else involved. Uh, so boldness, 
and the biddability and looks. And if, uh, if that doesn't separate them out, one out for you, then call in somebody else. And I use my wife because she's excellent at it. So um, that's how I pick out a puppy. You can pick out, you can use any method you want. Uh, a really well-known dog trainer, uh, and I've uh, written many books, and, and if I mentioned his name, you'd know immediately who it is, said, uh, you hunt over the male, you hunt over the female, and then you close your eyes and grab a pup. So, uh, meaning, of course, that the genetics are everything. Um, so, uh, I guess that works. Uh, whatever. Whatever works for you, whatever squeals your tires. I know that uh, the, I put looks third, uh, but like uh, most things in life, uh, people unconsciously put looks first. So that goes for people too. Uh, when you meet somebody, man, that's a good-looking girl, or man, that's a good-looking guy, you know, that kind of thing. And they may have crummy character, but the first thing you notice is looks. Um so with a puppy, that's true, too, a lot of times, but I encourage you to look for uh, something else first. Make that pretty far down your list of uh, what, you wanna, what you want in a puppy. And if you're, uh, if you're a guy that, you know, that wants a dog that stays in gun range, uh, then uh, you might not want that boldest dog in the, in the crowd there because you're going to just be frustrated, uh, and the dog will be frustrated with you. And you'll be frustrated with a dog. And, and a trainer will tell you, I can train a dog to do anything. And he's probably right. But, uh, you know, why make it aggravating or why make it a chore? Um, so don't don't be looking for the boldest one in the crowd. Um, and if you don't care if that dog's going to be a kennel dog and uh, you're going to go out and see it every day, but it's not going to be inside the house with you. And you know, what do you care about? Biddability, that kind of thing. Uh, you can adjust these three or four criteria around any way you want, but that's, that's what I use. Well, that's about as far as we can go right now because I don't have a puppy in sight. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just this is going to be part one. And part two, uh, you'll be able to go along with me. And uh, we'll go ahead and pick the puppy out. And uh, we can start talking about uh, what I'm going to do as far as socialization and bringing it back and what I do when I get a puppy in the house. Uh, so this is uh, part one, and stay tuned for part two. In the meantime, please go to my blog, uh, landing page, uh, abirdhunterthoughts.com, and uh, you can go ahead and uh, visit my YouTube channel. It's, uh, there's a link on there, and I've got all the videos from my hunts this year. And uh, you can suffer along with my videography as I get better as we go. <laughs> from the first one to the last one and I'm looking for great things for next season because I've got the I finally got the camera thing worked out and uh, I'm gonna apologize in advance for some footage of uh, just looking at the ground for a couple of seconds because I you know stumbling along with just me but uh, there's some really good stuff there uh, check out the YouTube channel and you can uh, order a book uh, order two books second book is out as well and uh, they'll take you to Amazon you can order a paperback audible version or uh, Kindle Kindle version uh, and of course if you want an autographed book you can email me at endlessoctoberbook at gmail.com and I'll arrange to get you an autographed copy so 
please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, apparently, Amazon requires a lot of subscriptions. Uh, not so much likes, but uh, subscriptions before I can um, monetize my uh, YouTube channel. So if you could, if you go to the YouTube channel and subscribe, uh, what that does is whenever I get a new one out, it'll just you'll get a notification. And uh, I don't use it for anything else. Uh, you're not going to be giving me your secret, secret, super secret email address, and I'll be bugging you with ads. It's not going to happen. But anyway, if you would go ahead and subscribe, uh, that would be great. I'm real close to what I need, and you know, more subscriptions the better. So take care. Be the dog. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Be the man your dog thinks you are. And uh, stay tuned for part two.